let me say that the political if you like, the political big This is the News Made Us Do This podcast. It's myself, Lex, here with my boy Ace. You're not middle class, you're not black white. Enjoy one podcast at a time, discussing all things. Statistically, it looks like in London yeah. right now, yeah. this is predominantly a problem of young black teenage boys. Yeah. Yo, yo, yo. How's it going, my bro? How you doing, man? I'm all good, my brother. All good. Good, good, good. Blessed, good. blessed with the good weather. Yes, thanks. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, man. It's a hot, what do they call it? It's an Indian summer. When it gets yeah. late, when it heats up late in September, and it hasn't even really been that hot during the mm. summer. But either way, just last minute, last bits of vitamin D, vital. <laughs> Take it while you can. Some of us are going to be enjoying it for longer than most. <laughs> We're <laughs> flying out. But yeah, <laughs> we love that. <laughs> love it, man. We love it. Even though, bro. This this whole landscape of traveling has really really changed. Like with obviously the whole pandemic, you know, rightly or wrongly, and then and in some respects, I do get like you know, the countries that have suffered the most of like vaccine inequality and stuff. But then, funny enough, haven't suffered the most in terms of casualties, um, in or deaths, I should say, in regard to the pandemic. Um, they you know have strong rules in terms of entering their countries and stuff you know, negative PCR tests and all this kind of stuff or being tested once you land and all that kind of stuff. And I totally respect it. But the, the, like, we, well, like we discussed in the last podcast, the industry around it, though, and the private companies are really benefiting off it. It's crazy, bro. Honestly, man. We call it's it crazy. benefiting or what it is? Exploiting. Exploiting, yeah. It's bro, let's keep it a buck. Bro, let's keep it a buck. It's full exploitation at, at this rate. And yeah. Cool. We live right now in a globalised kind of realm where people have resettled and settled and are accustomed to travelling. Travelling at this point has become part of being a right, essentially. And then, you know, why I see this travelling, the kind of rules behind travelling and the, in, the industries behind it that are pretty much effectively exploiting this need to travel through their pricing. It's similar to how it was to get tested for COVID. It might it was a while ago now, but back in like March 2020, I'm not sure we remember, but they were charging high rates to get a COVID test. Yeah, COVID tests were yep. free. Well into the hundreds. Yeah, well into, into the hundreds. To get a COVID test. Yeah, so they've pretty much yeah. carried on this model onto the traveling industry. So when so now mm-hmm. to travel, you pretty much have to pay those fees several times to prove your test negative. So now it's not even about the necessary the nature of the test. It's just like, can you afford to pay these kind of regulation fees? And yeah. It's, it's no surprise, given the kind of um, the way capitalism is set up. It is mm-hmm. look for a buck in every single nook and cranny. And like, wow. Yeah. If this is more justified than giving nurses a pay rise, then wow. <laughs> yeah. Bro, but this is this is literally like where the you know the 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 the, the headlines we've been seeing over the last couple of, last couple of months, the twenty million twenty billion 
going to one Tory donor to set up this and 20 billion to another Tory donor for this, bro. Like, it is a crazy industry in terms of like the 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 the, the prices that these people are charging and stuff, especially considering what what's going to back them is that obviously once what with um uh you know the pandemic I guess easing or the, the local like just the government easing uh regulation around the pandemic and stuff these people are going to cut their prices to basically um supply and demand essentially yeah obviously where people where people can obviously if like well, I've, 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 the new travel minister I actually don't know his name but um he's obviously eased uh, travel restrictions or he's going to ease travel restrictions from I think November or October or whatever and one of the one of the ones he's one of the things he said is that you know people don't have to do the whole uh day two day eight test which costs about 80 pounds or something yeah like. easily they they can do the cheaper lateral flow test that saves people like people that saves people so much money already mm-hmm. so yeah it's um it's I feel like it's, it's such a it's like if you could get into this industry and make a quick buck then you, you you've done that, isn't it? But yeah, if if you know if this is going to be the future of travel, I, I don't want no parts of it, man. I'll be real with you. And and boy, at at this point, it looks like it looks like for the foreseeable, this is the current climate and travel. They're earning so much money. I won't be surprised if they've set up their own lobby and interest groups to prolong these systems, yeah. or that yeah. they are still playing a critical role as gatekeepers to traveling. Yes. Like, yes. <clears throat> the thing is that's even more mad is that this coupled with Brexit, yeah, it's just taken away all opportunities <laughs> for low-income families to travel and have a break from, from whatever kind of, whatever, whatever's facing them in their life. Like, and yeah. it, 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 like, it's hard not to agree with the Labour MP Zara Sultana in identifying the traits of a class war. When can we officially call it, you know? Yeah. When can we say, yes, this is, yes, this isn't. Like the criteria for class war seems to have been met apart mm-hmm. from, you know, people potentially tradi- traditionally look at violence as being a key feature of a class war, but that isn't, yeah. you don't need to have direct violence as in physical violence for for war <laughs> for war to be yeah. in in place, mm-hmm. and then um you know further to this like they're 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 saying that they're gonna you know reduce um restrictions on traveling via using COVID passports uh, vaccine passports now mm-hmm. like I'm recently learning myself that these vaccine passports are another form of exploitation and marginalization. Yeah. Like, yeah. domestically, there were, there was, as in domestically in the UK, there was big shouts for the COVID passport to be used to go into even parties, to clubs, to go into live events. And then, yeah, we've seen, seen them scrap that as they decided to hike up national insurance instead but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. They definitely knew it was one or the other. However, globally now, they are questioning the legitimacy of, of certain parts of the world's COVID passports and the vaccinations. Yes. And bro, honestly, I knew this thing was going to happen. 
I knew there would be a, 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 a um, well, like I said in the beginning of the episode, there already is inequality, vaccine inequality in the global south. So countries like Africa, well, not countries, continents like Africa, many poor, poorer Asian countries, etc., are haven't got access to the vaccines for a whole host of reasons because they haven't got um, huge pharmaceutical, huge. Uh, big pharma com- companies on the continent that can produce or have the, the 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 technology and the manufacturing to produce their own vaccine. So they're literally having to wait on these huge corporations. Not the huge corporations, sorry. They're having to wait on the goodwill of the West. So countries like England, uh, uh, America, etc., to basically donate any vaccines that they have to these lesser countries or these these. The poorer countries, countries in the and south. It, yeah, it, it, it's it's crazy because again, I need to maybe I need to read some sort of I don't know, article or something like it. But this is what I don't understand. This is a global pandemic. This in if in a global pandemic, capitalism can't take a day off here, and these governments can't put pressure on these corporations that have the the manpower and the 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 the, the plant and machinery to create these vaccines. And to create this medication to say, yo, you need to create as many vaccines as you possibly can for the whole world, essentially. Yeah. Literally. Like countries, every African country needs to at least have 10% of, of their of their of you know of their population in vaccines at least by the end of this year, whatever. And forget about you know payments or whatever, whatever. Listen, that will get dealt with in it. Like something, I don't know, bro, something, didn't it? Mm-hmm. But if they think, oh, you know, we need to pay for the electricity to produce these vaccines. Well, then somebody to go talk to the electric company that they get their electric provide or the electricity provider and say, yo, like, listen, for this time period, you don't charge them anything. It needs to be a, t- a day off to produce enough vaccines for the people that need it the most. So, you know, again, this is pretend whatever you feel about vaccines or whatever, but there's, this is massive inequality. And now, now where we're getting to a stage where the world is opening up, it looks like the global south, again, the continent of Africa and other countries are going to be denied access or privilege to move around freely because, one, they haven't had access to the vaccines and those who have had access to the vaccines are now going to be told, oh, but your vaccine certificate, we don't recognise the vaccine certificate as something that's valid. That's bullshit. <laughs> like, what the hell is that? Like, what is that? Like, one, one day you haven't even got access to the vaccine. One, that's the first thing. They haven't got access to the vaccine. And then two, if they've had access to the vaccine, you're saying that their certification to prove they've had it is invalid. So then what is it? What is it? Like, you know, we already know it's one rule for them, one rule for others. But this is like a blend. Like I said, their argument is that, oh, yeah, the, the certificate, they have to do that vaccine in general. Is a certificate, like, you know, we, we, we don't know how, you know, they're going to be able to, like... Um, uh, 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 prove it and stuff, but it's bullshit as well. Because in a place like America, that hasn't got a um, a federal uh, uh, medical system like us, like the NHS or nothing like that. How you, how are people going to prove that? What they can just go to their doctor, their local doctor, and say, "Oh, yeah, they've got the vaccine," and their doctor just signs it off. So what yeah. what what's the difference between a doctor in uh, Chicago to a doctor in in Kinshasa? Like what, what's the, what's the difference? Like it's it's bullshit, man. It's bullshit, and it, it's out. Oh, it's it's steeped to everything. It's steeped in racism, imperialism. It's steeped in all of it. It's steeped in all of it. And it's very complex. It's not a thing where they are 
where you can do a test or you could do some sort of like pulse test or, or once you've had the vaccine, you're able to show signs that, yeah, I'm vaccinated. It's not a visible thing. It's not like the BCG, when we had the BCG to, yeah. to, to, to kind of like vaccinate us against tuberculosis. And then there's yeah. a scar, there's scar in there, you know, that kind of gives you that kind of visual aid where, you know, you could be like, yeah, this, this person has had this. Um, it's almost like, okay, I've had it. Is there dangers in getting it again? Because if you're not, if you're, again, if you're, if the passport they're saying is invalid, then would they then be told to get it with a valid practitioner? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. And then is there any dangers behind that? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, as we've been documenting, we've been documenting this COVID saga for quite a while. There's been lots and lots of flippy flappy exploitation. We've seen that it's been a good excuse for lots of ideological measures to be put in place as opposed to measures that are necessarily going to deal with the issue at hand here. Meaning that, you know, people like the the powers that be have rather than taken the COVID situation for, okay, this is what we've got here. Let's deal with it by implementing a national lockdown instantly. No, we've seen the ideology of keeping the free market open make cause delays in closing down airports for the longest when COVID first started, cause delays in rolling out in um in providing testing, cause delays in stopping frontline workers from being exposed initially, causing lots of deaths. And it's it's, it's just overall been yeah a shit show. At one point, the UK had the most deaths in the world. This tiny little island, the most deaths in the world from COVID. And that's no surprise when you have leaders that put ideology before ideology before common sense. <laughs> I would say if it, if it, the phrase of like was absent for me, but um, but yeah, like and um, speaking of ideology before, like I guess I wouldn't even say common sense, but ideology before practicalities. There's been a huge amount of protesting for different, different reasons going on nationally and globally. It's almost given me kind of like um, feelings of the Arab springtime or almost like a slow burning, uh, uh, was it 20, um, when, when, when was the London riots? Um, when was it? 20, was it not 2012, 2011? It was 2012, 2011, yeah, 2012. 2012, 2011, one of them, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's given me like a slow burning feeling like that. Like we've been seeing um, in particular, it's the, which group is responsible for the M25 blockades? Ah, it's not Extension Rebellion. It's, nope. a, it's, a, it's another pressure group of some sort, or some protest group. Um, yeah. No, it's not. The, it is isolate, uh, Insulate Britain, that's what they're called. Insulate Britain, yeah. Yeah. We've, yeah. Seen, we've seen, you know, Insulate Britain cause disruptions that have been yeah. that are, are being um reported on and mainly yeah. i guess it's being reported on because the m25 is such an important route for the it really, people. Is. It really so, is so traditionally what a lot of protesters will do is occupy central london the westminsters they'll occupy the trafalgar squares and then um, yeah it would also stop traffic in central london but i guess 
as movement has shifted from power being centralized in those areas in London due to people being able to work from mm -hmm. home, do things online and digitally, the M25 has proven to be a critical, critical mm -hmm. zone to cause a disruption. And it's, a, it's small amounts of people have a major impact. And the reason why I bring this up is because um, it kind of highlights the impact of protesting and then to bring attention to a cause, but at the same time, the dangers of protesting in terms of the, the actual disruption that causes for, I, I, I guess, the sleep, the pe those that are asleep, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? And then, mm -hmm. um, yeah, the reporting on it has been interesting. I've just, I've just seen so much gaslighting in terms of the mainstream media is reporting, almost trying to put the blame, like just trying to make it out like the cause is just, is just negative. These that are protesting and they're causing, they're pretty much trying to associate it with deaths, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, like again, it's, a, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? When we were discussing it before we started recording, like, you know, obviously protesters, protesting is just, and everyone has, well, apart from the, the laws that Pretty Patel um, uh, created last year, but um, protesting is just, and obviously we all have a right to protest, peacefully protest, and anyway. And, you know, I remember last, no, never last year, oh, bloody hell, never last year, two, 2019, uh, Extinction Rebellion actually protested there in my office and stuff, and it made such a huge disruption to, like, just the commute to work and stuff. Obviously, I wasn't that fast because I was going to work. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't like it was eating into my leisure time or anything like yeah. that. But um, but the stories that the, the cases that have come out of this particular protest, like one person reported that they were on the way to their hospital, and I believe it was their mother or something, so has suffered like a, a, a was suffered a stroke and now she's paralyzed. Yeah, and now she's paralyzed, and it's like you know what? I'm not gonna lie. Like again, obviously these protesters have to they, they don't know who's driving along or whatever and what situation people will be driving along in, but I think it's a it's a, it's a it's a very bold thing to do. One. But it's also like it's a bold thing to do, and I guess their intentions are pure, if you would like to say that. But I feel like they're targeting the wrong people. Why do you go on the front of these massive corporations? Like, what do we learn that like a hundred the hundred of the world's biggest companies emit seventy percent of the world's seventy percent of the world's um, uh, CO two emissions or something like that? Yeah. So like, why disrupt everyday people? when you can go to a i don't know bp or shell i don't know who you know again no shade to bp and shell i don't know if you're part of them or not but why don't you go to one of these big corporations and disrupt their day or whatever uh, as opposed to obviously disrupt um uh just everyday people and i also think to myself like right what's it what would i do if i was in that situation if i would need to get somewhere and i was on a time limit or whatever time constraint and i buck these people i'll be, I'll be too frustrated Bro, how would you deal with it? Yeah. Like, I'm sure people would like probably say to them, like, yo, like, I hear what you lot are saying and I respect it, but I got to go somewhere, like, you know? So it's, um, yeah, it, it, it's a tough one because I, I do think about, you know, things like, you know, the, the other protests that have happened globally, which were 100% needed, the civil rights protests that were 100% needed. You know, you have to shake, you have to do something that you have to frustrate this system to also inflict change in this system. Yeah, but I do think they targeted the wrong people, or they went about it the wrong way in this regard. 
personally. But you know, but at the same time, I, I, I don't want to be a hypocrite because there's a lot of protests that have happened around the world in in recent times and in history that are hundred percent support, and they were a lot worse than this. So yeah. they were considered a lot worse than this. You forget Nelson Mandela was considered a terrorist terrorist at one point. Mm-hmm. You know, Nelson Mandela. Yeah, but him or not him directly, but the ANC. He had to do yeah, some shit. Yeah, like almost. Like you know what yeah. And I get it. And I get it. Like you have to do some shit sometimes. You have to do some shit. And you know, these people are trying to say you're a terrorist in that. Like, but well, one man's terror, and that's how they say one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter or something like that. You know? Mm-hmm. So in this case, you know, one man's nuisance is another person's like right, these people are saving the planet type thing, you know. Exactly, exactly. It's a tough one. It is definitely a tough one, and it's definitely one worth exploring and looking out for because there's lots of arguments for protesting and at the end of the day like without being able to to protest and to get answers and to question then we're not in a democracy and at, at the end of the day i do not believe that we are living in a democracy right now i'll be real no, i do no. not believe we are we're living in a new political system this is <clears throat> not even a form of i wouldn't call it neo-democracy i would call it something else I would call it um, cronyism, neo-cronyism, using more than just direct government institutions to consolidate and revolve power around a particular select groups. And then, yeah, we'll definitely need to look into that, you know? But uh, yeah, for today, the news has definitely made us do this. And there is lots more to touch up on, which is why we'll be here back later.